Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel's CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel. Let's dive into the message. A number of years ago, um, I'm, I'm on call with the police in one of the areas where we are, where if they ever need some kind of a uh, spiritual, pastoral thing uh, that I'd come in. And so one time I got called in to the police station and they said, could you come help us out with the young man? We can't control him and he is uh, flipping out. And he keeps talking about God once in a while. So here's the story. This guy was out drinking with his buddy, with his family. And so he, it, was, it was his mom and dad and his brothers and sisters. And he was 20 or 21 or something. And as they were drinking, he got angrier and angrier. And he thought somebody was cheating at the cards. I'm not sure what was going on. So he lost it. Runs into his bedroom, pulls his rifle out, and shoots his entire family. Just, just bam, 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 he pulled the trigger. Then he runs into the field, shoves the rifle in his mouth, can just take his own life. And he can't reach the trigger because his rifle is too long. And uh, so one of the family members tackled him in the field. The police were called. He's in the station. When I got in, the way this station was set up, there was kind of like a wall of glass to get into the, where the cells were. And then once you got into the area, there'd be cells along two walls. And they had this guy sitting in a chair. I don't know if they were worried about him hurting himself. They probably were. And he was literally frothing at the mouth and freaking out. There was about three or four policemen that were in there with him. I'm not sure what they were trying to do. And so the guy that called me in says, this, this kid told me the story I just told you. And I said, how many of them did he kill? He said, none of them. He missed everybody. I went, Phew. But he said he thinks he's killed them all. And his mind is just... And uh, so I said, okay. So I looked at this and I thought, okay, how should I handle this? So remove the officers and I'll come in. Oh, no, he said. We're not removing the officers. He said, you can go in with the officers. No, I'm not going in with the officers. You remove the officers and I'll go in. And we had this little argument. I said, listen, I said, I'll sign something, whatever you want, but I'm not going in there with officers. So you pull them out, stand at the window. If he makes a move, I mean, the kid was like 150 pounds soaking wet. And I said, he makes a move. I said, you can come in. He goes, okay. So he hollers in and he pulls the officers out. Uh, I walk into the room and as I'm walking for the guy, he's, he's just kind of in another world. He looks up and he sees me and then it's just F-bombs, every imaginable swear word you can imagine coming at me. And uh, so I just kept walking straight at him and looking him right in the eye. And as I'm walking at him, he started getting agitated. And then as he looked into my face, he just started calming down. And I just spoke to him, just said, listen everything is okay. Well, that's what the policeman have been trying to tell him for the last, I don't know how long, it had to have been an hour or more, just trying to tell him, calm down. But when, when the words came out of me, it's just like he started, 
And I looked at him and I said, I'm not going to hurt you, but listen to me. And as I began to explain to him, everyone is okay. No one in your family was shot. He just started to cry. He kind of slumps in his seat. And I said, no, I said, I want to talk to you about something. I said, you can't control your mind, can you? And he went like this. I said, I'm going to show you in 30 seconds how to take complete control of your mind. Are you ready? And he looked up at me with just kind of a fresh hope, and he nodded. I said, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. I said, his presence and his power will overtake your core which we call your spirit. And then you will have an ability beyond anything you've ever imagined to control your mind. And until then, I said, it's really hard. And I said, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I just had a quick gospel message, like 10 seconds. And he said, yes. So I led him in the prayer. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. I said, there, now let's talk. And we begin to talk about who Jesus was, how he was created, a three-part being, but was responsible for the controlling of his mind. I said, if you ever touch alcohol or you ever touch drugs, I said, you are removing the mind that God gave you to control your spirit. You're removing the, the, the walls of the internal. Your mind is the walls of your heart and your spirit. Therefore, your mind must be treated with incredible caution. I said, don't touch alcohol. You've had a problem with it. Don't touch drugs. Don't touch anything that will numb it, pacify it, or begin to create holes in your mind that allow things to come in. And so I just gave him some things like that, and he went off. And over the years as a pastor, I've been involved in some of the most harrowing situations because I was spent seven years as a paramedic and then because I was on call. I've come into suicides where I had to talk guys down with his sons on the other side of the door with a knife in his hand uh, and things like that. And I began to recognize that, and this is what this series is about, and so I'm going to explain to you how you are made up, and it's going to differ probably with how you've been taught or how you think. But once you understand how you are made by God and how God designed you to take control of your life and to be limitless in what you want to do with your life, it's so simple and easy, but religion has so screwed it up. And whenever I use the word religion, I know religion can be used in good terms, but I'm always talking about this uh, man-made trying to earn God's power, trying to do something to make it happen, uh, rather than understanding how grace works. We know, uh, through the study of the brain, that about 10% at the most is what I use, and what you use. The world has done tests with, for example, basketball players. And it's actually, this is an old test where they would make a, half the team shoot free throws repeatedly to so make sure they could get every one of them. And then they'd make the other half sit in a room or against the wall, close their eyes, and see them shooting. And they would feel the shot coming off the knees and off the hand. And they would never shoot a basket. They would just see themselves shooting the baskets. And there was almost minimal difference between those who actually shot the basket and to those who just shot it in their minds because what's in the mind becomes very real especially when it hits the imagination when you hit the imagination even when you watch a movie do you understand that your heart which is the core of your being does not differentiate between what is real and what is imagined that's why you can look at a movie and know it's an actor being ten paid ten million dollars to cry 
you know the lady didn't really die, but you're watching a movie and you're crying and you're impacted and you're emotional, or you're watching a horror and you know it's made up, it's fake blood, it's all graphics, but you're still not walking down a dark black alley after. Uh, because we're, we're so controlled by this thing called heart. So you are a three-part being. At the very core, what you are comes from spirit. You are a spirit. You are not a mind. Your mind is not you, but it's a part of you. The core of you is your spirit. And out of it comes uh, who you are. Out of it comes uh, your very nature. So everybody born into this world is born into what we call uh, a sin uh, culture. You're born into a, a sin nature. And that is why uh, that as you grow, if you do not become born again, and when you become born again, you give Jesus Christ your life, he doesn't just forgive your sins and wink at all your mistakes now. He actually comes into your spirit and he remakes you into a brand new creation. And he even says things like, and I'll show you the verse, that, you know, all things have become new when you are a new creation. Now, he's talking about every area of your life from your spirit is now brand new. Your ability to have marriage, your ability to do relationships, your ability to make money, your ability to get healed, your ability to walk in peace, your ability to walk in joy, your ability to rise up and lead for now is limitless because the presence of God is in your human spirit. And because of that, you are limitless in your ability to do things. What limits you is your mind. Your mind is what limits you. So people say, well, Leon, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I know I'm a brand new creation. I've got a new nature, but I still got the old nature. It is messing me up. I said, what do you mean? I'm still craving the porn. I'm craving the drugs. I'm cra I get angry. I want to punch someone out like I did in my old life. I said, okay, you don't have two natures. Okay, this is what churches teach. And, and the reason is, for those who love to study the Word, is the NIV, a number of years ago, when they interpreted the Bible, they took the word flesh and they added, and they made it the word nature over 200 times in the New Testament. And Bible scholars got so upset at them, they've now changed it all back, removed the word nature, and put in the word flesh. And because it just confused so many denominations of those who wouldn't study the Word for themselves and go back into the Greek and the Hebrew and make sure. So everyone thinks they've got two natures. You got the nature of God, which is worshiping him. Then you got this nature that's mad, angry, killing, shooting, drugs, sex, and you better make sure that the one is winning. That's not true. That is a lie from the pit. And when you believe that, you will struggle the rest of your life. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because you have a brand new nature that is radiating with a desiring to be good. It desires to be faithful. It desires to, to, to all. It's, it's in you. But your mind has been trained with habitual thinking. So your habitual thinking as a Christian is what locks you in to being defeated in your life. So we must, according to Romans chapter 12, it says there, do not be conformed to this world, but you, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want you to know the word will of God. This verse just said that if you want the perfect will of God, it's going to be dependent upon you renewing your mind. Doesn't say it's going to happen. 
doesn't say God's going to make it happen like these people who believe that God is sovereign and we know he is because the word sovereign means all-powerful but he also says he'll never break his word he'll always keep his agreements his covenants so it says if you want that good acceptable and perfect will of God the will of God for your life there is no person that has ever walked the planet except Jesus that has ever fulfilled all they could do on this planet for God now Jesus as the Son of God had a purpose by age 33 he was gonna die for the world but until then he walked on water till then he healed the sick till then you couldn't kill him one time an entire crowd wanted to kill him and he just turned around and walked through them and they couldn't even lay hands on him he just disappeared to them so I don't know how he did that or what he did a demoniac who could break chains who was feared by the town chained him in the graveyard he was so demon-possessed and when Jesus stepped on the island with 12 disciples and this man came running towards them, he literally hit the ground. His nose probably made a furrow as he slid up to the feet of Jesus, completely submitted to him. I can see all 12 disciples in a line behind Jesus' shoulder looking over because this guy was so freaky. He would have been naked, dirty, unkept. He would have been screaming like you'd almost probably hear on TV when someone's demon-possessed. you got all these octaves and this weirdness because he was so controlled. Whatever Jesus did, he was in control. He was limitless. It doesn't matter what the enemy brought. It doesn't matter what life brought. It didn't matter if a storm that fishermen were scared at who lived their whole lives on the sea. He walked through the waves, told it to be quiet and be at peace. I mean, this man spoke to trees and they would die. This guy would speak to a dead woman and she would rise up. This shows us stunning power over nature, over storms, over physical beings who die and live. I mean, over diseases, sicknesses, etc. This is a limitless being who has confined himself to a physical body but in all these things on this planet he walked in authority and he walked in power and then he says in the book of John when you read the chapters 14 to 17 it's all about you and I being on this planet with Holy Spirit the presence of God and Jesus says the things that I do shall ye do Jesus was never afraid Jesus never had fear Jesus was never bitter he was never angry he was never he never sat there and worried his mind was at peace. His mind knew that everywhere he went, the angelic hosts of heaven would be with him, that when he spoke, everything had to listen to him. When you look at who Jesus was, we are such a far cry from being there. It's because now the world teaches, or the church teaches us that we're just poor little Christians, barely saved by grace, waiting for Jesus to come back. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead, hoping and praying that in this big bad world, that us poor little Christians, you know, we're just going to be a remnant, barely hanging on, just barely getting by, and the big bad Antichrist is going to come along, and, and he's going to control the world, behead all the Christians. And I mean, it, it just where do we get this stuff? It's from fear-based teaching in the Word of God. The, Jesus said to us, his instructions to us were to go into the world and to make nations disciplined in the gospel. We've got to recognize, like that one scripture I already showed you, that if you want the perfect will of God. Now, what is the will of God? John 10.10 tells us. Jesus said, the thief is killing, stealing, destroying. Jesus made it so simple. Anything that kills, steals, and destroys, that's the devil. Now, he said, I came to give you life, and more abundantly. And the word abundant life there, he's talking about the zoe, and it means the life that is given, life that comes to you is the same as the person giving it. 
So that means this Zoe life is the life that is in God, that is God, is the life that comes to us. And he says, and I want you to have it abundantly. And it literally means innumerable in quantity. In other words, you can't count it. And it means uh, the quality is staggering. So it's a quality of life and it's numerical life, unstoppable. This is what God has designed. Now the world is proving it all the time. You know, years ago, uh, the only way to heat something, the only way to give light was, was whale oil, blubber. And when they hunted those things into almost extinction, they thought we're all going to be out of resources now. But hey, along comes oil out of the ground. And out of this oil comes gasoline and natural gas. And, and they think they're going to run out of that. Actually, when you cover it, I've talked to scientists who are born again, and they said there's so much resource in the ground. They said, but governments, they're always trying to make everything look like there's a shortage, there's a problem, get everybody in fear. Because the, the fastest way to leadership is make everybody afraid, and then you have the answer. Okay, that's the way to, to control people. So we live in a world that is going to continue to grow and expand. I mean, it's only, what, 20 years ago maybe that cell phones really hit the world? And today every kid's got one because you want them to be safe. I mean, we can put the piece of a lead in a human being and track them anywhere on the planet. This is a world that just keeps... Exp- I mean, knowledge would double in, in every thousand years or so. Go back and see how long the sword was the only implement that they used for protection or a bow and arrow. It's centuries and then in one 100-year period, weaponry went from a sword and a knife to, a, to explosions and guns. Now, I mean, they can pick somebody on the planet, push a button, and, send, and just take them out. I mean, just, it's ama- so we need to recognize we are, as human beings, we're made in the likeness and the image of God. The enemy would love to take it all in a negative, hurtful way. But as Christians, we need to rise up. We need to have relationships that are so full of peace and joy and the presence of God that it's just wow. And it's all got to do with the renewing of the mind. So your spirit is limitless. That's where the presence of God is. And is God limitless? Yes. Where is he? He's in you. All right. And he's energizing you. So your mind is like the nozzle everything's got to come out of. And your mind is always trained by the world to focus on the problem. We've got to be careful in how we live our lives. And we must, the word says, renew our minds. So anytime you have a need for a miracle, the limitless power of God is in your human spirit. And the miracles that you need do not come from heaven. Well, Leon, that's pretty crazy. No, it's not. It's Bible all the way. Greater is he who is in you. Then he doesn't say greater is he who is in heaven. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a limitless power for the miraculous that lives within your spirit. His name is Jesus. He created the universe, spoke planets into existence, and he's in you. And you've got a decision to make. Listen to your stinking mind, trained by the world and all its limitations, or begin to change your mind. I want your mind to have a metamorphosis. I want you to be completely changed as to who you are and what you can do. And that takes being disciplined in the Word. So the Bible says the truth will set you free in John 8. But it also says before that, that if you'll discipline yourself in the Word, you'll become disciplined followers and your mind changes. Listen, you have a beautiful mind unless you're not training it. Children are beautiful unless you're not training them. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. It says, when you've decided 
When you've decided to take control of your mind, don't let anything go. That's what it means. In the old version talks about your obedience is fulfilled and it's Elizabethan. But the modern translation, what it's saying is, when you make a decision, that's it. I am training my mind. Don't give it an inch. Don't give it a moment. Just know every thought that comes in that is not godly, out. Every thought that's limiting, every thought that makes you angry, upset, those aren't thoughts from God. Well, yeah, i got a real problem trusting my spouse. Listen, if God guides you in it with a real sense of peace, but God never guides you through fear. God never speaks to you through anger, anxiety. God only speaks to you through peace. So all the rest of that is just your unrenewed mind, filled with fear, guessing things that aren't happening. So stop it, and let's gain control of our minds. And let's walk out this gorgeous life God's given you. Let's believe in the miraculous. Let's, let's see limitless living in our marriages, our homes, our careers. I mean, when's the last time you belly laughed so hard you peed your pants? And I mean, just get back to enjoying life. Find the people. Get along with people that it's not about, let's have, let's have roast friends for lunch and gossip. And, and let's get back to living the way God designed it. Peace and joy. Renew your mind. Get in agreement with your spirit. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.